Hi, I'm Ellen. And I'm Alex. And this is the Uniquely Portable Magic Podcast, where we talk about all things books. So this week is our series wrap of the Nine Realms series by Sarah Kosloff. So we're going to get into all of our thoughts about all four books that we've just read. So get ready. And also... Also... Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. We don't understand, but uh, fine. It's fine. Keep listening. We love to have you listen. (laughs) You're a weirdo. Now that I've remembered the spoiler alert, thanks to Ellen being like, excuse me, (laughs) what are you even thinking? You're supposed to do the spoiler alert. Um, Let's dive into our favorites. Okay. Ellen, who is your favorite character in the entire series? Well, this should come as no surprise because... She was either by herself or with someone else, my favorite character in every single one of these books. Um, so thankfully, this one was very easy for me. <laughs> uh, so, but Cerulea was my favorite. I just loved watching her character growth and um, just so much about her. I just loved and admired so much that it was a pretty clear choice for me that that she was my favorite. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think, I know she wasn't my favorite in all the books, but I think the majority of the books, yeah. she was my favorite character. And again, I really liked her because there was so much growth in her character throughout the series. I mean, at the same time though, like she was an eight year old child at the beginning of the series. <laughs> right. So there was I a lot of hope, space for growth. I would hope that there would be some growth. Right. she's that like, a young adult in by the end of the series. So that would be a bit problematic if there hadn't been any growth. Right. But I also loved her magic, like her interaction with all the animals and how that changed as she got older. Right. Was really great to watch. And it while Thalen definitely had a similar character arc in terms of you know, someone really coming into their own and figuring out how to be a leader. I just, I don't know why I just connected more with Cerulea too on a, you know, a couple of different levels. So I think that's why she's my favorite character. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree. What? You have such good taste, you agree with me. I know. Or you have such good taste because you agree with me. Oh, okay. We'll have to figure... I you can just say we both have great taste. Uh, yeah, I guess so. That's fine. <laughs> Rue has a question of my taste. I mean, uh, no. <laughs> rude. Oh, my gosh. Um. So, let's do favorite book. Mm-hmm. 
So this one, in the end, did end up being pretty clear for me, but I did have a little bit more, uh, like, waffling between which one was my favorite. Um, But in the end, I realized it was pretty clear that the second book was my favorite, um, The Queen of Raiders. Um, And then I think it was followed pretty closely by the last book, The Cerulean Queen. Um, But I just loved all the interactions that we got with the different groups of characters in the second book. And I felt like while Cerulea certainly had some big character arcs in other books that seemed like the sort of the epicenter of her growth uh, as a character. Um, so I just, I loved it a lot for that reason. And, um, yeah, it was just, that one was probably my favorite, uh, followed closely by the last one. Uh, because of course the last well, the last one was beautiful. <laughs> inter- interestingly enough, I too had the fa- my favorite book in the series was also the second book. That's so hilarious. Obviously, we're on the same page. We're so we good at this. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, we're so smart. Smart? We are. I mean, sure. I don't, I don't really know that we can claim that. In this <laughs> In this instance. Uh, sure, in general. Right? So, it's like, it's true. Like, we both are smart. <laughs> Is this... But I don't know that this exemplifies that. But that's okay. So, the reason I really loved the second book. Yeah. Uh, on top of a lot of your reasons, I would agree with all of that for sure. But I really enjoyed the action in the second book. And while... The other books also had a lot of action. Right. It was a different kind. Right. There were so many more battle scenes in the second book. Sure. That I really enjoyed both the action itself, but also, like, the tactics that you saw the characters figure out to be able to win those battles. Right. And all the different challenges that were overcome during that book um, kind of made me wish that there were a couple of more battle scenes throughout okay. the rest of the series. Though there were, right. you know, there was the first book and the final book specifically, but I was kind of disappointed actually by the final battle of the series. Interesting. Okay. Cerulea, I mean, yes, her animals did play a critical part, but I feel like they could have done more with her animals, and she could have been more involved in the battle itself, and I was kind of just disappointed in her involvement. Yeah. Okay. I don't, just my personal opinion on yeah. the matter. No, it's interesting that you say that, because I thoroughly enjoyed the whole series, but I found multiple times that I sort of missed the um, angst and suspense of, like, a young adult novel in these. Like, Uh. like, they certainly go through so much in these books, and, like, there is plenty of emotional turmoil, but it, it is presented in such a different way 
that I kind of missed. Like, I certainly felt it on a very emotional level uh, for uh, many of these, but I kind of missed the, like, emotional torment that sometimes goes along with <laughs> with, uh, with a young adult novel. Um, and so I... I um, it was just a very interesting experience to just sort of see uh, the two sides of that and sort of in the way that, like, you were saying. Like, it's interesting because, of course, in, like, the final battle it would make sense for her to not be part of it because she's literally the last of her line. Like, even more importantly than in other instances where, like, a monarch might be fighting, she... If she dies, like, that's it, right? Like, there's there's no second choice. You know, like, she doesn't have an heir. She doesn't have... Right, and not only would her line die out but it's also her magic right exactly doesn't get passed on yeah so like i understand why she wasn't there but of course like that happens certainly in young adult novels where they're the last of their line but they jump in and and fight and all of that stuff um and i'm I'm certainly probably other adult fantasy books too although i'm not quite as well versed in those as i am in young adult ones um yeah but that was a really interesting thing for me to sort of realize was because because oftentimes when i'm reading a young adult book sometimes i'm like this is too much i can't even handle this but (laughs) but i think i can handle it and i think i kind of crave it a little bit (laughs) so you saying that really made me think about my reactions and i think i liked this series because it didn't happen. <laughs> okay. While I do, I do enjoy the teen or young adult angst. Yeah. There have been some young adult books that I just get frustrated by it. I'm like, really? Come on. Grow <laughs> up. Get over it. Let's move on. Yeah. Like, this is just too much ridiculous angst that is clouding your emotions and your judgment. Oh, for sure. And, oh, for sure. And I'm not here for it at this point. Like, there, <laughs> there are many times where I am, and I love it, and I'm like, yes, bring it on. And then there are other instances where I'm just like, get over yourself. Absolutely. Move on. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, it's, I definitely I, liked in this book that there wasn't really too much of that at all yeah that I could like or dislike yeah I totally understand that because I also sometimes feel that way too but I think um there's something to be said about how compelling it is when characters don't always make the right choice right like because like with humans like real humans I mean like they we make mistakes we don't always make the right choice and um i'm glad that they (laughs) these characters always seem to make the right choices right like they didn't really have big stumbles and fallings and, and and things like that which made for a very nice pleasant relaxing read for the most part right like there were certainly moments of suspense where i was like oh my god what's gonna happen next but like Um, it was very, it was very nice to sort of be out of, out of that, but it, it did leave me in a position where I didn't have quite as many 
like favorite secondary characters as I often do in in other books. Um, and I wondered if that had something to do with it, or if it was just that we didn't spend as much time with some of the secondary characters, because there were so many, like, quote-unquote, main characters, you know, like, um, but I, I did find that I did miss a little bit of that sort of realness of, of making mistakes and then having to fix those. Um, yeah, I guess that's a very very valid point that humans are not black and white good and bad yeah it's we're always shades of all of that combined for sure Mm -hmm. except for me because I'm perfect obviously oh yes (laughs) I can see the halo over your head as we speak duh but actually (laughs) the sun is coming through the windows right now I know kind of giving her an angelic uh I am. Look. Sure. Uh, do, can you hear the chorus? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like it's coming from your voice at all. No. It? That's totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here with my mouth closed. I don't know what you're talking about, Alex. Uh, <laughs> that's not off key. Making, it's not off key at all. <laughs> no, not at all. But it's making me think of Enchanted. Is that where it is? Where they're like, ah, ah. Yeah, <laughs> duh. I'm I'm also the princess from Enchanted. I I don't know if you knew that or not. So, so not only am I perfect, but I'm also a Disney princess. Duh. <laughs> um. So I wanted to. So, as you know, Alex, and as our listeners are hopefully learning, um, although this is really kind of only our sort of this is our second series wrap I yeah think, because all the other series we've read have new books coming out so they haven't been finalized this is our th- and i think it'll be our third one that we post oh um, yes you're right uh Sorry. which our readers don't know about yet or readers <laughs> our readers our listeners don't know about yet but that's just behind the scenes stuff that who cares about you know whatever um but i really like uh when i finish a series i like to sit and think about um, what, uh, no, <laughs> what do I like to sit and think about? Um, I like to sit and think about if the characters from earlier in the series could see themselves at the end of the series, like what, mm-hmm. like how cool would that be? Um, and I had a couple that I mostly wanted to talk about, but certainly we could talk about more than that. Um, I thought about, of course, my favorite, Cerulea, and just, like, if she could see herself, like, if book one Cerulea could see herself in any of the other ones, like, she would be so, I hope, (laughs) she would be so proud of herself because she becomes such a brilliant, wise, caring woman and ruler, you know, like, she really, um, becomes such a good, just ruler. Like, I think she would be so proud of herself because, of course, like, she wasn't, like, the most spoiled 
child, but like she was a you know a, a relatively spoiled princess, right? At the beginning of the first book, yeah, she was a very she had a very pampered life, right? Before everything went to shit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And also, like, that's the other side of it, too. Like, would she even recognize herself, you know, because of everything that she went through? Um, I also, and then in thinking that, I was thinking, I wish more than anything that her mom and dad and uh, Willem could have seen who she became as a as a woman as a, and as a ruler, because I think they would have been so proud of her. Ugh, that's so true. Yeah. If only people and characters didn't have to die. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Wouldn't that be nice if, like, all the characters could just exist for eternity? I mean, uh. you won't hear any complaints from me. Um, <laughs> I also had similar thoughts about Thalen, sort of going from s- s- commoner, scholar, to commander to Lord Consort of a whole kingdom um, and, like, Lord of Scholars. Like, that's just perfect for him. And, I agree. Um, and I loved that he sort of, I mean, it's at least implied that he got to, um, that he got to, so, like, in the f- last book, he says to someone, I think one of the younger boys, whether it's, uh, Tillam or Gunnet. I think it's Tillam, but it doesn't really matter who. But he says to them that there's uh, not as much glory in fighting and killing as I think it's I think it's Tillam. Um, but there's not yeah, as much. Yeah, Tillam's very interested. In right, and he but the he Queen's t- guard and everything. Exactly, and he says there's not as much um, glory and and everything in in killing. Um, and fighting as he thinks there is, and that he hopes that he never has to use it again. And then, of course, shortly after that, he has to jump right into battle. (laughs) But it does appear, and it is at least implied, that he doesn't have to do it after that, you know? So, like, I love that he got to move into a position that is perfect for him as Lord of the Scholars, but then also hopefully takes him out of any sort of position where he has to, to fight and kill again. Um... And then I had a, another moment of, I wish his mom could have seen, you know. And, like, of course, yeah, probably his brother, too. But definitely, you know, he had such a close relationship with his mom that, you know, I just wished that for him. Yeah. Um, well, so now that you say that, I realize that I wish we had seen more of him in his role as Lord Consort. Right. you really don't. It's right. just at the very end where almost like the epilogue where they however many years later have their daughter but you don't really get to see him in that right so i definitely would have appreciated that but i too had some thoughts about Thalen and cerulea in the first book being able to see themselves okay later on and for me i think my thoughts for Thalen kind of go along similarly with you. Yeah. Um, Especially because the way that he's described in the first book is he's such like a bumbling and clumsy boy. Gangly teenager. Right. Right. That he would never in a million years consider himself 
being an army commander, especially since his younger brother is obsessed with that. And right. he kind of looks down on that. Like, why would you ever want to spend your time fighting? <laughs> there are so many other better things to be doing, AKA reading books and studying. I get it. I so, get it. <laughs> I think that would be a huge surprise for preteen teenage yeah for sure absolutely I love though because while he doesn't really like that role he's so good at it and it just really demonstrates like how good of a person he is and how his studies can apply like how studying is actually more than just putting your nose in a book yeah right and that reading is so much more than that. That yeah. it can apply to so many other aspects of your life. Absolutely. How you relate with other people and everything. So I really liked that. And then my thoughts with Cerulea were a bit different. Okay. I think one of the things that she would be really surprised by because, you know, her whole world had been the palace and thinking that I'm going to grow up to rule Warrendale one day. So therefore the majority of my life is going to be here. Yeah. Is the the surprise that she traveled so much and got to see so much of the world, or I think it's called Enyaman. Their world is called Enyaman in the series. But regardless (laughs) of what it's called, that she got to do so much traveling and meet so many people from so many different cultures. Right. Where her only interaction with other people and cultures really would have been the, um, in a much more formal right. role with ambassadors and things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So I thought that would have been, I mean, among the other things that you mentioned, like how she would have had so many, you know, experiences that she never thought she would have, like climbing up the side of a mountain right? on her own. Or even just living in a village and having to be educated in this schoolroom where she already knew basically everything that they taught anyone. and Cleaning the chicken you know, coop. So <laughs> exactly. Wow, so beneath her. I can't believe they're making a Princella do this. I know. How dare they? Did you have any other characters that you kind of thought about in that regard, or were those the main two? Those were really the main two because I felt like they had the most, um, like, jarring changes throughout the series. Like, certainly, like, Persia and Stalia probably never thought that they'd be living in the capital city and, 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 you know, related through basically adoption, right, uh, to the queen of their country. Um, but their, their lives pretty much panned out relatively similar to what they would have assumed, or I think they, we could, we could assume that they would have thought their lives would go. Um, and then I thought about, like, Nana for a little bit, and then I was like, but no, she sort of she, hers, like, certainly I don't think she probably thought that she wouldn't have, like, Cerulea to take care of for so much of her growing up. But, you know, for the most part, she was in the palace and, and, you know, 
So if the other ones just seemed like, and I guess like maybe her becoming an agent would be like, she might not have ever thought that was going to happen. Right, especially since she didn't believe it was even a, a thing that was possible. <laughs> right, that's too. true. Um, although even, I think like we talked about in the last episode, like she was still able to do so much of her own stuff as an agent, you know, that like, I guess I didn't think about it too much, but yeah, I guess that would have been pretty surprising uh, for her. Um, yeah, but I guess I kind of just mostly thought about those two because uh, they seemed like the most jarring differences. Right. Besides the ones who were like, not to be too gruesome, but like <laughs> alive at the beginning and then dead by the end of it. They have, <laughs> they might not have seen that. <laughs> they might not have seen that coming. <laughs> Right? So, <laughs> um, did you have other characters that you were thinking about? No, those, again, similarly to you yeah. for the same reasons were the ones that I thought about. Yeah. I didn't really think about any others. Yeah. So, I have a question for you. Sure. <laughs> um... As you know, I'm I'm a big rereader, but I know that you're not. Would you reread the series? Yeah, I would. Okay. I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I wonder if I would see things that I missed. Right? Reading it or not. I'm not sure about this series. Like there are other series where you're like, yeah, if I reread this or a different another books where if I reread it, I would totally see things differently or catch things that I didn't before. I don't know about this series, if that would happen or not. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm so sub- I, I guess you can answer this question too, yeah. and then I have an additional question for you that's Great. completely unrelated. Uh, I think probably unsurprisingly, I would also definitely reread this series. Um, I can also see it. So like, I like to have, uh, I like to call them palate cleanser books where, um, like, oftentimes I re- refer to, like, Nora Roberts' books as, like, palate cleansers because they're, mm-hmm. like, nice, they're mostly light, but you know everything's going to work out by the end of the book, right? Like, mm-hmm. and so I like to read those. The girl's going to end up with the boy. Or, yeah, work. or vice versa. I mean, there, might be, there might be a mystery or suspense. Right, or, but, like, everything's... You know, something happens. Exactly. But everything is going to be good, you know tied up with a nice little bow by the end of the book. So I really love reading those, especially if I've read a bunch of books that have been really high stress or high angst or, you know, anything like that. Um, But I could definitely see this series becoming like a nice palate cleanser, like series for me to like come back to. Cause like for the most part, everything does end up fine at the end of it. And like, so yes, I think, you know, unsurprisingly, yes, I would also, I would also reread this series. Okay, so completely unrelated, but okay. I was looking through my notes, and I realized that I have a very serious question oh. here that I don't, I don't think I know the answer to. Did we ever find out what the relationship between Matwick and Oromondo was, or was it all just implied and, like, we never actually knew, like, if they communicated or if... I don't think we ever found out. ...ended up happening 
serendipitously or like if there was actually an alliance between them no i don't think we ever found out see yeah that's been bothering me i wonder if i wonder if it was like he saw the tension rising and building and he just seized on that opportunity to make it seem yeah i don't huh well but you would think because especially based on the fact that you find out that Ormondo was not behind the assassination attempt on the queen and the princella in right. the first book that it was made to look like it right um, to steer any suspicions away from you know anyone within Warrendale. So that would make you think that Matt Wick is just using right. the, the, tension. the historical tension as well as the the current tension. Right. Because of that whole, you know, myth about how the two became, the two countries became enemies or whatever. Um, but then how did the Magi know where the fleet was going to be to surprise attack and kill the queen and Lord Consort. Ambrose? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I wonder if that was more a little bit like they could just see where the other battles had happened and they could just guess where because it's not like she was writing to Matwick to tell him where she was going to be. You know, cause... mm, That's true. He wouldn't okay you know like i wonder if they were just able to follow sort of the path of their battles and because they were hand they were handing they were heading toward pexlia you know so it would have been pretty easy for them to or so was it because in the final book it was Pella's ships that were bringing the Oromondo troops. Right, maybe they right. were they so were in maybe cahoots. Maybe they had an alliance all the way back, going all the way back to the first book. Right. And the Pella's ships lured them there specifically. Right. For the rush? Yeah. Oh. That's I good. I guess that would make more sense. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh... I suppose that makes sense, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Now, now I'm like, hey. <laughs> I know. Why don't we know? Why wasn't this all spelled out for us so we know what's <laughs> happening for sure? I want to know every single thing. Um, yeah, I don't have anything else that I wanted to... To, to talk about I because I think she wrapped it up so nicely that you know I did I did realize at the end like I know that they went over like the fact that we're queens don't they usually only have a daughter and they don't have more children than that but like I, I wanted them they have more kids I know I wanted them to have hundreds no <laughs> but like I wanted them to have a nice big family although i guess i I feel like both of them would really enjoy having a larger family right but on the flip side they've got like persia and Mm -hmm. marco's kid like they've got their chosen family around them which i think is great um and i think that probably helps you know with 
with that, but I don't know. It would have been cool if, if, I don't know. I just thought it would have been cool if they would have had, I had, I had this weird thought that, like, before the epilogue, like, as I was reading, I was like, what if, like, somehow she, like, because she's defied so many other odds, like, I was like, what if she has, like, twins? Or, like, <laughs> like something, oh, like, something really. That would have been so awesome. Right? Like, something if, really crazy yeah, happened. daughters who have different abilities. Right. That would have been so cool. Yeah. Like, I just thought it would have been really cool to, like, introduce, like, a something. I don't know. Like, I just thought it would be really cool to, like, toy with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't think I have much else. Do you have anything else? I don't think so. Well, that has been the Nine Realms series by Sarah Kozlov. Uh, I think we would definitely recommend that you pick it up and read it if you haven't already <laughs> um yeah so with all our spoiler alerts we hope you have read it at this point if you're still listening yeah um you know but you know to each their own uh <laughs> you can find us on uh social media uh we're on twitter at uniquely portable magic podcast uh, at upm pod official um on instagram we're uniquely portable magic podcast and then, of course, there's certainly our Gmail where you can send us your thoughts on the series and suggestions for new books and kind of whatever you'd like, really. Um, and that's uniquely portable magic podcast at gmail.com. Uh, be sure to check out the uh, description of the episode to find out what we will be reading next week and talking about next week. Uh Anything else, Alex? I don't think so. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye.